Hello and welcome to episode 121 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for drunken Magic the Gathering arena content. That's right. Just a couple of regular dudes drinking some irregular beers and talking about Magic the Gathering, in particular, the online client MTG Arena. That's right. And there's a new set that's coming out, but we're not going to talk about that at all. Let's talk about Standard. That's right. We're talking about Standard this whole night. So uh, buckle in for some uh, some Standard decks and uh, what we think is going on in the meta right now. But first, each week we both bring a beer. We drink Jeff's, then drink mine, rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic, and choose the best for last. So with that, Jeff, what is on tap? All right. This week I have Cream Ale by Muskoka Brewery. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a negative experience with Muskoka last time that I just had to give them another chance to like redeem themselves. So I had to bring <laughs> another Muskoka ale on here. Uh, I believe this is actually their first one. Like this is what got them oh, really? or whatever, like this is what made them famous. Um, so that's pretty cool. I haven't had this, I have had this before, but it's been literally years. It's, um, so... it's been a really long time since I've had this yeah. beer. Um, so I was thinking, like, what did I think of this beer? And I was like, you know what? A, I can't remember, and B, it doesn't matter. Like, you know, I was probably a teenager or at the very least early 20s when I had it, and my opinion about everything has changed since then. So it's probably not even worth trying to remember what I thought. Yeah. Um, it's 5%. It is a cream ale. Zach, do you know what a cream ale is? No, not really. <laughs> Well, you're in luck because you shouldn't feel bad because nobody does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you look this up, it's like apparently in the mid 1800s, there were some American breweries that made ale. They were kind of the norm. And then there were some new kids on the block that were just basically making German beer. So, like taking even older beer and making it. Um, but people were more into like the lagers. And so these big ale brewers sort of losing business to these newfangled German-inspired lager breweries. So they wanted to come up with an ale that was lighter and fresher and like, yeah, cash in on that trend without having to get all the equipment to like actually do a lot of lagers are hard to do. Um, So basically like they lighten their beer by cutting out some of the barley, replacing it with like, something lighter uh, like milk corn. right milk yeah like milk cream yeah heavy cream uh no yeah i think it's corn is usually what's mm-hmm. in there but um there is no cream in yes. this um it's just a marketing thing apparently cream used to make things sell back in the day i don't know um but I... the website i was reading likened it to cream soda like there's no cream in cream soda yeah it's just what it's called. So we, which is actually interesting to say just right now, because, you know, back when they made the name for cream ale, uh, there were no beers that had any cream or anything in their yeah. beer. And we have lactose in our beers now. So when right. you get a name like that, like a milkshake IPA or something, you expect that there's probably some lactose in it. Um, this beer does not have that. And I don't think any cream ales do none that I've seen. So. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, don't let that steer you away from these beers. Right. And it's funny because like, I think I know both of those things that like cream ales don't actually have any creamy stuff in them. 
and that it's like the new hipster trend to actually put cream in there. But I, I think it's still just, I, I read cream ale and I'm like, something in my brain is like, you don't want that. Like, yeah. I've so, never really liked the lactospheres that I've tried. So I think there's I like, like them. that affiliation I, is just like, eh. Yeah, I... I don't remember cream ales being a thing when I was living in the States. So when I moved here, I remember seeing them and being like, oh, and this might have been one of the first ones I saw. And I was like, what is this? Um, yeah, cream but, was the other big one. Right, 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 right. So, um, but I, I agree. I, I think this is the first cream ale we've had on the podcast, which is why we're talking a little bit more about it. And, yeah. uh, but, you know, I'd like to keep my, my mind open going into this. So... Jeff, let's let's crack this open and see if it uh, if it's any good. <laughs> I guess it better be after all of that uh, yeah. intro. We just lost uh, half of our listeners to. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I will say I like the color so far. Yeah, it's like an amberish kind of color. Yeah, always always reminds a good me color. of fat tire. Oh, Shut no, up. actually, it doesn't. I don't want to talk about that. Tire. I don't want to talk about that. I'm I'm so hurt. Um, if you want to know more about that, go to our Discord. Um, yeah, we have a discussion about it on our Discord. Yeah. Anyway, uh, with that, we have some magic news. Um, the Lord of the Rings set comes out today on Arena. This is Tuesday with the day that sets come out. Um, once again, we're not going to talk much about that. Besides, the Arena Open is July 1st and 2nd, and the Qualifier Weekend is July 15th and 16th. It's all Lord of the Rings limited so start playing some limited we will be talking about that in a future episode uh but it will not be next week because we were skipping next week we won't have an episode uh we just have our lives get really busy at the end of june um just because there's a lot of things going on so we will mm -hmm. be coming at you with an episode about that the following week yeah yeah a lot of, a lot of birthdays mm -hmm. lots and lots of birthdays um Anyway, Jeff, let's get into the main topic, the thing we're actually going to talk about, which is standard, one of our favorite yes. formats. Yeah, it's definitely, at the moment, certainly my favorite. Mm -hmm. uh, I tend to bounce between that and Explorer, and then sometimes Draft, but uh, right now it's standard. Nice. So, um, first off, we talked about standard a couple of weeks ago. Do you think it's changed very much since then? I would say like the macroscopic landscape hasn't changed that much. I think you're still kind of running into the same decks. I haven't seen any deck that was like net new. That's like, oh, I just haven't seen this before. Um, short of like, depends how technical you want to get with that. But there's been a lot of cool new tech and some decks like rising to the ranks. So I mm -hmm. think the metagame is meaningfully different. Um, but there's not going to be like some new deck that shook everything up and is the reason like totally yeah, absolutely you, you want to everyone needs to jump on board this new hype train kind of thing so it's like yeah nothing has exploded onto the scene since the the bands are now in our bones we're very used to them um yeah so yes uh however i will say um the uh esper legends deck is not everywhere as i've seen it before i i don't know if it's because i started playing it because i do enjoy that deck but i have seen a bit more of its weaknesses as i've been playing it a lot more um which i've had i've run into many situations where 
I've just had a difficulty closing that deck. I feel like I can stabilize turn after turn after turn, but I just don't really have the, the power to go over the finish line. Um, but there's a lot of different versions of that deck. And one uh -huh. version that we didn't see last time we talked about, and we haven't talked about for a while, is this weird, it's, it's, a, it's basically the Esper Legends shell, but they add Slogurk to the deck for fun. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I don't have Slogurk in front of me. It's a card that has a bunch of different abilities, um, but it's, it's, it's like three mana and it costs green, one green blue. And it's like this ooze from uh, one of the Innistrad sets, but basically it cares about lands changing zones. So like mm -hmm. it gets plus one plus one counters when lands go into your graveyard for any reason. Um, and then when it goes to the graveyard, you get to return lands from your graveyard to your hand. It also has yeah. trample, which is important because uh, that helps get the rest of the damage through whenever you're, you're uh, in that type of situation. But the reason it's so good in this deck and why people added it just because is that you're because you have so many legends you're running so many of the channel lands and so then just casting your or playing your channel land um abilities puts plus one plus one counters on your slow Gurk, and then whenever they kill it you get your channel lands back which just gives you more spells um which also you can loop it with takonuma and stuff so um that has been fun and very interesting and surprising. I think it's run its course by now. It's kind of finishing out, but I just yeah. wanted to point out that little fun interaction that I thought was cool to see over the last few weeks. Yeah, you were telling me about that. I never actually ran into it myself, but I ran into different Slogurk decks after you said that. Okay. Which I was like, oh, like just a straight Sultai one. And basically it was just playing, like the only creatures I saw were the, um, the Seder Wayfinder wannabe and Slogurk, mm -hmm. and then like Jace. And I loved every minute of what my opponent was doing. I won easily, but I loved what they were doing. And I was like, you keep working on that because uh, I think it's cool. Um, Slogurk was surprisingly good though. Like with the channel lands, like it, it makes the channel lands cheaper on its own, which is nice. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, the channel lands be just become even more powerful because, you know, they weren't they weren't good enough before so uh, <laughs> they, we need you need an extra reason to play them yeah and uh of course you get the best one when you're playing green so um yeah, yeah it's just just a win all around like picking up three channel lands when my opponent did that when the slow Girk died i was like yeah that's pretty good that yeah. you just drew like three spells when you're seven seven tramp when i killed your seven seven trample you drew three spells mm -hmm. <laughs> What is that? Yeah. Um, but their deck didn't have a lot of support around that. So it's really just like, I'm all in on Slogurk and I killed both Slogurks that they drew. But I could see that being a thing. Like Slogurk was powerful enough with the cha channel lands that I understand why people are doing it. And it's it's fun to see it emerge because it was, it was a card people really liked, but never was good enough. Um, right. Though seeing like, I don't know, it, it doesn't really matter, but um, I like the way that they're also putting Jace into that situation because Jace mills cards and Slogar just cares about lands going into the graveyard from anywhere. So yeah. um, that also has like the weird mill theme can grow Slogurk. Um It also gives you a secondary win condition if you happen to go long enough, um, which is always fun. 
because I have been running into Jace Mildex, which is like more of the Demir control. Uh, your your win con is Jace, but I like seeing more Jace in standard because that was just not a card I was seeing at all. Uh, yeah, so... I, it was just like edged out by raw power level, I think. Uh, and now people are starting to realize that Jace is decent. I, Jace, I was yeah. I was playing it before in Explorer in my mm -hmm. uh, Delirium deck. Yeah, and I've just been trying to find a place for it in standard. So again, love like you're saying, love to see it. I do want to talk about that blue black deck because I just played against it okay. yesterday or a few days ago. But I just wanted to close a thought on Esper. Um, I still think it's the best deck in the format, but I barely ever play against it. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm in diamond at the moment. Uh, it's I almost never play against Esper, but every time I do, I get trucked. Like, I'm just like, well, our cards are just so good. Why why aren't people doing this? It's, this uh, is so interesting because, like, I did the opposite where I was, like, playing against it a lot. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to join the enemy, which is what I normally do. And because, yeah. um, like, why, why not? Classic. Well, it takes you a long time. You're like, I'm going to lose to it 10 times, and then I'm going to join them. Like, I was like, just, no, I'm going to do it. You know you're going to do it. Just do it. Just do it early. Um, yeah. And uh, also part of the reason, and we say this a lot on the show, like, if there's a deck that you lose to often... And you want to know how to beat it just play the deck and you'll find yeah. the, weak, the, yeah. the weaknesses are like so transparent when you play the deck um yeah and i had been playing this before but like now it just seemed to like run up into all these matchups that i was like terrible against um and i was just constantly being like wow feeling so clunky um so really I, my opponents yeah. play it and it's just like i don't know how i'm supposed to beat this it's always like screlv into rona into like uh whatever whatever three dropping pick your yeah Rafine into shieldred i'm just like well fuck me i guess like you just drew 17 billion cards you're now going to gain a bunch of life off your rona shieldred dumb stupid stuff you're yeah like all your spells cost one mana like mm -hmm. i don't i don't understand this deck maybe i'm just getting like nut drawed every time but i it's... think so because like when i draw it i have like uh like a plaza of heroes and a swamp in my opening hand and like uh go for the throat but also make disappear and then like a, a three drop and i'm like okay well i can't really i'm like okay well <laughs> yeah, i want to keep that i can't yeah. really keep this hand so i mulligan and then i have one land i'm like well fuck this and then you have the exact same hand but without the swamp yeah and you're like fuck, <laughs> fuck. um so yeah, the, the times where i've had like plaza of heroes but i don't have the right colored creature on the battlefield to like actually because usually it's like I'm holding up make disappear and I want to hit their two drop or three drop and I just like can't. I was just like, yeah, Plaza of Heroes, you're so good until like the that just the very beginning. I get mad, but I would like to see the stats on the deck when it has turn two Rona versus no turn two Rona. Like I imagine turn the two win Rona. rate is substantially different. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like if you see a turn two Rona, like kill it, kill it, yeah, kill it. Like I actually side in cutdowns that aren't that good against the deck, but they kill Rona, and so I'm just like, I just kind of have to, or I'm gonna lose to to Rona. Well, to be fair, cutdowns actually pretty good in that deck because it kills just about everything except for Shieldred, um, all the early stuff that you have to kill anyway, because um, it kills Rona, it kills Rafine if no Rafine hasn't attacked, and you can pay That's the, the tax. Right? Easily. I, I find it just like it's not good against anything except Rona. It's okay against like a few things, but you know, there's Skrelv, there's Plaza of mm -hmm. Heroes. Like, you have to have it in your opener, basically. Yeah. 
Um, there's Rafine to get them out of range. There's mm-hmm. so it, I found it like it's not great, but I I think of it as a necessary evil. It's like I have to play this or I'll just get run over. Yes, but there are so many times when I also lose because I draw it late and it doesn't kill any of their creatures. Kill like... Yeah. Well, at that point, yeah, you're kind of screwed. Um, but it is really important in those like situations where it's turn three and you get to kill something and play a two drop where yeah. if you had go for the throat you would just play go for the throat and it like really fucks up your plan so um I don't know. killing screll just never feels satisfying it does like my ass kicked by something and then i just have to uh, kill your screll <laughs> yep yeah that's, that's why screll is so good that's why you just yeah. that's another card that you want to kill immediately so just so you don't have to deal with because you're gonna just you're gonna kill it like don't save your removal spell for something better later because you can't you can't like, you have to kill the scroll yeah, yeah. Your opponent's not gonna like attack, chump attack with it. Okay, that's that's not gonna happen. <laughs> no, like, just yeah, exactly. Um, with that being said, uh, I'm not having a ton of fun playing that deck, and so I've I have stopped. I'm. I wonder if that's why it's just kind of like old news or something. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, it still seems tier one, but nobody's playing it. So, yeah. so that landscape feels different. I'd be really curious what happened if we had like a competitive standard event around the corner. I would really I, like that. I feel like the pros would all have a highly tuned version of Esper Legends. Is basically what what you would see. Yeah, I, I would assume that, and then the the deck that they think beats that. But right. But yeah. Anyway. Um, Besides that, I've been playing my, you know, good old, I haven't been playing Toxic, unfortunately. Um, what? I know. It's just, and it's not even for any real reason. I just was having fun playing uh, Celestia Enchantments instead. And it's like. Oh, as long as it's still Celestia. Yeah, I still have Razor Verge to get in my deck, of course. What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, though, I don't know if it's correct to be playing uh, Razor Verge Thicket because uh Celestia Enchantments has not been doing very well. <laughs> it's been pretty bad. And so now I'm feeling like, well, maybe maybe it's just uh, maybe not the best colors <laughs> to be playing right now. Uh, that's my. I'm that's usually my... pretty happy if my opponent leads on Razor Verge Thicket, yeah. to be fair. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, a free win. Yeah, so that's <laughs> been happening a lot. Um, uh, because. Like, and normally it feels great and I can snowball and just get people, but. Um, I think people have been playing the, one of the things about playing that deck is that sometimes people, for whatever reason, prioritize random things or like just don't really, don't, yeah. don't care about certain stuff or don't always know what your cards are doing. Um, people Absolutely. definitely know this deck a lot more. It it has risen and fallen since the bans. Right. Um, so it's not as fun to play because people know what, what the hell is going on. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's like the huge, a lot of the fun of playing off meta decks mm-hmm. is like people kill the wrong stuff all the mm-hmm. time because they don't, like to you, you're sitting there like, why would you target that? But they, you know, haven't played a dozen or however many games you've played with the deck and like understand how it's supposed to work. And that's a huge advantage you actually get is pointing removal spells the wrong shit all the time. Um, but as you said, like once... Once some jerk puts it on the map, then uh, then everyone knows how how to play against it, and you lose yeah. that edge. Yep. Um, 
speaking of you know off meta or like maybe coming into the meta decks i've also played against this blue black control deck that ran jace and the as far as i could tell the plan is to jace somebody and then cast like breach the multiverse and get your jace back and do it again and mm -hmm. that then you end up milling like whatever 40 cards in that process um that was awesome i did lose to that once mm -hmm. I won like game one and three, but I lost game two to that. And that's when I was like, oh, I see what you're doing. Because game one, I was like, I don't understand. This is, why did you just like play Jace and then minus five me immediately? I'm so confused. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, anyways, kill you. But <laughs> it's like, I get it now. Um, really, really cool. I've been seeing like a lot of kind of control decks pop up mm -hmm. recently. Um, but I like the blue-black one because most of the other control decks feel kind of samey. It's just like mm -hmm. something, 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 sunfall, something, something, whatever. Yeah, um, Wandering Emperor. Yeah, like Wandering Emperor, Sunfall, you know, the usual like, that's eh, tough to play against that because if, if I undercommit and you Wandering Emperor me, I'm screwed. And if I overcommit and you Sunfall me, I'm screwed. Mm -hmm. um, but this was way cooler. Uh, I think even my opponent was kind of learning the deck because even the game oh. they won, I knew they had breached the multiverse in their hand. And I was like, oh, I'm dead. They just have to breach. That'll mill me for 10 and Jace will get the other 15 because I was at exactly 25 cards. Mm -hmm. And they just didn't do it. They did something else. And I was like, oh, I just need to draw a butcher. I and I, win. <laughs> I, got and I didn't draw it. And then they saw it on the next turn. And I was like, ah. I was kind of hoping you didn't know how the deck worked, but I guess you just were panicking about something last turn. But... Yeah, I I was going to say that uh, having them play Jason immediately, like, kill him seemed weird. Um, yeah. If you're not, like, that's usually, you know, last turns of the game type of thing. Um, right. So that was really surprising. But I do like think they that... must have had Breach in their hand because I killed them because I had a, a Lord that mm. was like a, a surprise you're dead. Yeah. I think they were trying to set up Jace you next turn breach and, and and win. Yeah. And I didn't know about the breach. So I was like really confused that they're just like, yeah, on six, Jace minus five you, your go. I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> that does sound just super weird. I don't know why you would just like Jace like plus one to like bl like blank an attacker or mill you for three. Oh, because then... I had a huge board, right? So like, okay. The Jace would die if they didn't. Like so, and I was at twenty-five or whatever it was. I was at forty or something. Like I had a lot of cards. Got it. Okay. So they really did need to kind of like 15, 10, 15. Like I, I understood it after, after I saw what their deck did. But that's a super confusing play if you've never seen yeah. it. Like they have no board. I have a huge board. It's like Jace mill you. You're yeah. like, you're like, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> have you just given up? Like what if are you I literally thought they knew they couldn't win and they were trying to get information by milling my deck and like see okay. what i have that's what i assumed they were doing <laughs> that's i love that play too i was like oh, okay i'm we get a real spike here this guy's trying to trying to gather information for sideboarding okay yeah, see, yeah, yeah. Oh, but in fact no that's not it at all i love yeah, that they were gonna kill that's, me next turn actually that, that's so funny um I although think that... i will say i didn't actually draw the lord i'm remembering this more and more clearly now they milled it and you oh right. my lord yeah. comes back from the graveyard and mm -hmm. i was like oh i guess you're dead 
that that is what happened right and i was like okay i understand what they're doing now and then they they clicked the button and saw that and was like oh now i know what you're doing <laughs> i see yeah so i <laughs> oh, think it, okay, yeah cool. yeah time, uh, it kind of came together That's that would have been I, a funny one to play in person right like, <laughs> yeah <laughs> like sorry what are you, oh that it oh comes back. and what do you have to do just sacrifice it oh okay um yeah great yeah that's, <laughs> that's why i still wish that like arena had a chat function i know they're never going to do this and yeah. i know the reasons why but i just there's certain situations like that that i really want to know we understand um, it guys we just don't have to like it yeah i just don't like it i want arena to have a chat with your opponent function yeah um, anyway um yeah, that's great. I was going to say, this is just like, just random and for fun, but like seeing Tenacious Underdog around again has just been a delight. Yeah, like, I'm not about that card. Right? I'm not playing it, but like, I'm just like, oh yeah, this piece of shit. I love this card. <laughs> I used to hate this guy. <laughs> yeah, but he's back and now I'm going to hate him again. But for yeah. the time being, I'm like, yeah, nice, Tenacious Underdog. You yeah. you go. I actually that's got to go in your like Sultai Slogurk deck. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it definitely does go in there. Um, yeah, I actually, I got my Tenacious Underdog signed at the, the regional championship because uh -huh, cool. Zara was there. Yeah. Um, so cool to, it's always fun to get your card signed. One of my favorites. So that's another yes. reason why I was excited to see it come back. Cause I'm like, oh, I have a signed one. If I, you know, play it at something, yeah. um, really exciting. But, uh, but yeah, Jeff, I did want to say that, um, I feel like mono red has been everywhere for me. Is this the case for you? Yes. Because um, you'll see a little later, we're going to circle back to, to the deck I've been playing, but mm -hmm. I have a lot of decisions that were explicitly made because I kept running into mono red. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's interesting playing against it because it's not always your normal mono red strategy because a huge part of the deck and the, the reason it's been coming back is because of Invasion of Tarkir, which we all knew. We saw that card. And like, yeah. honestly, we should have picked it for one of our worth of slots. I don't know why we didn't, but like, it was even all like cards that I wanted to, you know, like we we're literally talking about cards that will bring Mono Red back and we didn't pick Invasion of Tarkir um, yeah. for the main reason that like, we weren't super sure if like attacking it down from five was worth the five life you weren't uh, dealing your opponent, but it turns out it is, it is super worth it because the creature you get is very good. It is sometimes though. I think sometimes my opponents have made, like maybe it's knowing my hand obviously gives me an edge. Mm -hmm. I'm like, if you just attacked me, I would be cooked here. Like you would just win next turn. Um, and then they attack that instead. I'm like, okay, go for the throat and uh, mm -hmm. untap. Um, so I think you should, I think you should think about it. If you're a mono red player and you're not thinking about that decision, your like default is just always attack it. I think it's closer than you think because the mono red decks like pretty, uh, it's like tuned to do 20 damage. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if you take a turn off to attack something else, that is a cost. Now, generally, if the creature is going to survive, you're just going to win. So mm -hmm. it's it's kind of that trade-off. You're like, am I am I far enough away on their life total that 
I need to go for like the bigger play or can I kind of get away with just killing them? It's kind of the decision you're making. Um, yeah, but I definitely think that card is very good. Like that's one of the cards that I'm always sitting there like, oh, I hope they don't have this because mm -hmm. that's how I lose this game. And then they have it. Spoiler yeah. alert, whenever you think that you are actually summoning the card into their hand, it replaces a mountain. Uh, yeah. yeah. When they have mountains already. Yeah, it's yeah. it's rough. I recently played a match where they were top decking them and they got to flip it three times. And yep. man, the triggers <laughs> when they attack. Oh my god. Yeah. Um and all my creatures were like seven sevens or whatever, something big, and they all have lifelink, but they're like, actually, when I attack you, yeah, I they kill each them. Trigger for each dragon. dragon. Like, do, do you understand how that works? Yeah. yeah, it's pretty rough. It's pretty gross. Yeah. Um not a mathematician, but I think mm -hmm. it's 14 triggers. Yeah. And so that is a matchup that I've been playing, which normally when I'm playing enchantments and stuff, that's a great matchup because I have yeah. so many lifelinking stuff. Um, but they actually were citing in that, uh, that elemental guy from the brothers war that says players can't gain life. That's like a three mana four, three would trample. Oh yeah. I haven't seen that um, one yet. But... Yeah. Which has been funny. Cause I just, it was a card that you would play in draft sometimes. Right. Um, I just really wasn't expecting to see friends. So it's, that was a, it's always refreshing when you see like a new card from someone's sideboard that you haven't really seen yet. Um, and I don't know whether that's like actually new or not, or I've just seen it this this time around this week. But uh, um, that was good to see. I mean, it was bad in the sense that I was going to lose because my deck doesn't have a ton of removal. Um, but but yeah, not being able to deal with um, their their battles that kill a bunch of my stuff, as well as all their other things. It's a uh, yeah, I will say, it. like, generally outside of a couple of cards, the deck, you you notice the card quality is kind of low in the deck. Like, yeah. I don't know. People, I'm sure the people who play Mono Red have tried stuff, but, like, Phoenix Chick just seems bad to me. I don't know why they play I, Phoenix Chick. There has to be something better. There should, because, like, I've also played this deck, and with like phoenix chick never feels great like if you're not playing swift spear or like kamano faces kakazan like those are your turn one plays and phoenix yeah, chick that's just, what you want phoenix chick is like oh okay and like the amount of times my opponent will attack me knowing like that they can trade it off and in their minds they're like oh, okay so i can back. i'll get it yeah. back but you're like they never do because like there's always something better to do it's never worth it and it's yeah. always like that's a whole card that maybe dealt like one to two damage like yeah it's yeah i'm just always like when my opponent goes mountain phoenix chick it's like a sigh of relief like oh i thought mm -hmm. you were gonna play a good card there like yeah. i thought you were gonna do like kamado faces kazakakazan yeah. into like a swift spear you know shock my mm -hmm. face like i'm just suddenly at 14 kind of thing yeah but uh no, I did that. So cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I get that you just need more one drops. You have two good one drops and you're trying to play a third. Uh, but I don't know. Like, I don't think I've ever lost a game when my opponent drew two Phoenix chicks. 
I think that's like, oh, I just, I'm just moving I, because you have two, you're, you just drew two blanks, essentially. I Against me in particular. Yeah, I was going to say, I definitely have lost that just because they have flying, but never because they have come back from the graveyard. Not a single right. time has that ever come up. So just yeah. having a 1-1 one, one hasty flyer was a thing. Um, and that just meant that I just didn't draw the right stuff. So it, that ended up just like... Right. It sounds like you just had a weak draw kind of thing. Yeah, that's the situation. It wasn't like, Phoenix Chick is so powerful because it keeps coming back. Like, no. Yeah. There's got to be something. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's like the deck's weakness. It's a little draw dependent because it has some high-powered cards and then some pretty low-powered cards. Uh, and then some contextual cards. Like Swift Spear is great, but it does require you to have healthy amount of spells mm -hmm. but the deck does its best when it gets a few creatures for sustained damage so it has that i need to draw both spells and creatures mm -hmm. and lands kind of thing going on um which is my good that's deck. my favorite my favorite deck is the one that you need not only do you need lands but you need card a and card b so you can right. put them all together <laughs> and then you're good yeah. to go so so you, you sometimes when you're playing against this deck you get wins because they drew like three swift spears and 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 no spells and you're just yeah. like you're you're sitting there terrified the whole time but they just like never get pumped <laughs> yeah <laughs> one damage at a time yeah though i mean the invasion of dark here is another great card that they get to play that like doesn't really punish them for playing it because sometimes when they like you know play with fire like deciding which turn to like pump all their swiss spears can be yeah. difficult when they're burning your face now the fact that they can play Invasion of Tarkir, either snipe a blocker or just shoot you in the face while attacking it or you, that ends up yeah. being making yeah. Swiss Spear. Invasion of Tarkir is really good. It really helps because it like it makes Swiss Spear a lot better in the deck. Yeah. This is like I really like this version of Mono Red as a player in the meta. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes we've seen Mono Red in the past where it's like blazingly fast, but the card quality is also insanely high. She's like, well, yeah. yeah, of course that's a tier one deck. This isn't that. And I think it it has like the benefits of mono red and its weaknesses and has the classic mono red thing that, hey, if you want to beat mono red, you can beat you can tune your deck to absolutely pummel mono red. Um so I think that's it's just a really great deck to have in the format because mm -hmm. You know, it's easy to beat if you want to, but it, it helps keep people honest. You know, yeah. you're going to play five colors and not actually play anything relevant for till turn five or six. Like, that's not good enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like how this deck is faster than the the five color, like attracts of monstrosities, right? Yeah, like for sure. this, this kills them before they because they, yeah, they do like they do nothing nothing topiary stomper like yeah it's too slow well i guess i was thinking of the the turns where they go like turn to migration to gain three life and get land and then right yeah and then turn four they play invasion of zendikar and then and then they play it, it like attracts to the next turn um can you kill them at 23 anyway i think and knowing when that's happening and when you shouldn't attack your like your dragon and when you should, that kind of stuff. Um, or your invasion yeah. of Tarkir. I think that adds a huge dynamic to the deck, which is really interesting because finding the times when it isn't correct to just flip it and when it is correct to just flip it seems interesting to me. Yeah, that, that would be my call out on Mono Red. It's like, 
it is that is interesting and i think mm -hmm. too many people are just like oh, obviously i try to flip it yeah i'm always um, so. you're gonna like try to flip it it's gonna they're gonna kill it immediately and then you're gonna lose the game with your opponent at three life or something like hmm. yeah i think most of the time if you invest a card into flipping it it's not worth flipping right like, it has to be like yeah it has to be kind of right there mm -hmm. but Unless, also like it's a lot of damage that you're not targeting at your opponent five is a lot and yeah, five and, is a lot and that's only if you get hit it like perfectly at five Right. So you might be six. Um, so yeah, that it's, it always seems wary to me, but, uh, you know, the times when my opponent has just like focused on their energy on it and my draw was, I was off by one turn. I get yeah. to stop. Yeah. So, um, I think the, the, the decision on that is also fairly razor thin. So like, um, it can be great though it sucks so hard if you like have like two phoenix chicks and a swift spear and then you you attack it down and you flip and you get your sweet dragon and then they kill it at their end at your end step and then you know come around and yeah. then you're like well now my my now i'm out of gas my hand is finished I have three like one power creatures yeah like this sucks yeah. um but anyway I'm just, I, like you were saying, I'm happy to see it back in the format, even if it wasn't with any of the cards that we had hoped or thought. Yeah, I feel like I've just been calling the return of Mono Red for so long, and then it doesn't look anything like I thought it like, would. But... Yeah, like we had seen the ones with Thundering Raiju, they don't play that anymore. Like uh, we hoped Rapid, Rapid Battery would do it. Nope, that didn't do it. Um, yeah, that sucks apparently. Snow Phoenix Chick. Yeah, like would you want Rapid Battery instead of Phoenix Chick? That's that is no. Like... The problem with rabbit battery is that everything in the deck already has haste. So, like, the point of rabbit battery is like, oh, I could give something that's not meant to have haste haste, which is mm -hmm. very powerful. But like, everything has haste. So yeah. All right. So what if you invest your cards like lightning strikes and play with fires to flip your invasion of Tarkir and put the rabbit battery on that, and then that attacks. There we go. For five plus two? Mm, That's got to be better than Phoenix Chick. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if it is. Um, I was just wondering if, like, build, like souping up one of your creatures is better than, like, just giving one of your creatures plus one plus one is better than a Phoenix Chick. <laughs> but, like, yeah. is giving your creature <laughs> plus one plus one? Literally <laughs> just a one one. Well, I mean, it's a one one haste that can turn into, like, a Leonin Scimitar or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be better than Phoenix Chick. Maybe, maybe yeah. like, like because sometimes you know your <laughs> your Swift Spears are just the one twos, and like Thalia stops them and a bunch of other stuff. But if you make it a two three, it can attack through that. So maybe that is hey, good. Yeah. But then they just block oh. with their Rona or something. So who knows? Who yeah. knows? But being able to yeah. not die to to Thalia or something does sound good. Mono Red's probably the biggest difference in, you know, today's metagame versus a couple of weeks ago. Mono Red yeah. was around, but it didn't look quite the same, and now it's everywhere, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's it's a good deck. You know, we're sort of poking at its weaknesses to try to, A, you know, help you if you're struggling against Mono Red, and B, try to sort of let people know, like, hey, you know, this is, it's a good thing that this deck is back because it's not infallible mm -hmm. 
Um, but you know, we talked about the five color domain deck in there, um, but that deck is probably the deck I run into the most now. Mm -hmm. There's a few different like iterations of it. Some of them are heavy white base and play a lot of white removal. Yeah. Some of them are a little more all in on just like, I'm five colors. Uh, and some of them, the one that I hate the most that I think is now the most popular build because of mono red is the one that has four of those stupid angels. Mm -hmm. um, that's like, it's sort of white based, but it's a little more creature heavy than yeah. the, some of the other versions. Um, so there's a lot of different versions of this deck. I think this deck is kind of medium, but I think mm. people just like it. People just like this kind of thing. They always have five colors, yeah. fun. Um, you have to play big, splashy stuff. I'm never that impressed by what this deck can do. It feels it feels like you're giving up the early game to do shockingly fair stuff in the late game. Mm -hmm. um, but the deck that doesn't mean the deck is bad. The deck I still lose to this deck plenty. Um, it's just always, I always kind of look at it like with a bit of an eyebrow raise because it's really the best we can do when we're playing, we're sacrificing like our three, four first turns to go all in. And we're just like, ah, oh, nice. I have this three, four. Um, I will say that that angel, so that's the dominary angel that's like, um, can be kicked and deal two damage to stuff. Um, yeah. I found out that even if you kill the angel at with the kicker kick stuff on the stack, it's they yeah. still gain life. They still gain the life. Yeah, that's because it check it'll check the last state of it, and it always had lifelink kind of thing. That's so stupid. Like I literally yeah, killed I've... it just so they wouldn't gain the life, and then they did anyway. But like it's yeah. dealing the damage even if it's not around. It still has yeah. lifelink, like in the graveyard or wherever. Yeah, it's you so need annoying. to double check with a judge. There was something similar to this a while ago that I remember. It was like, oh, didn't realize that's how it worked, or I wouldn't have done this. But it mm -hmm. basically checks the last state of the card when it's doing that. And so as the trigger goes you... on the stack, you mean? Yeah, it's like even though the card's not there anymore, the damage it doesn't fizzle, obviously. That would be a mm -hmm. bit much. And so it still does the damage. The card like always had lifelink or I think if you had a removal spell that was like, it loses lifelink and it dies, obviously it wouldn't gain life then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that card would be <laughs> really, really fucking weird. <laughs> There's like a new <laughs> set where they just like, gaining life is like the thing in the set. And like It's called like corner cases. It's the, yeah. You got this new plane called corner cases. <laughs> Everything's a corner. Um, oh. Anyway, so uh, if you are out there and ever come into the situation where you're hoping that your opponent will not um, gain any life because they're at one life and you're like sick if they just don't gain this life from when this angel comes down I win yeah uh, don't waste your removal spell at that time all right you could it doesn't really matter but you know it just... works better is sacrificing the targets yeah it's see better. I don't have that option so <laughs> ever that's a bummer yeah usually what I have to do is have a protection spell um which uh you know i i can't you know have every once in a while but my real way to my beat that team. card is to just like invasion of gobacon it and then hope to kill them before they have enough mana to cast that fucking thing to cast it plus kick it yeah 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, that this deck is is again very popular. It's strong, but beatable. This deck's very beatable, and it has mm-hmm. a little bit of the mono red thing. If you want to beat this deck, you can dedicate stuff to beat this deck. It's no problem. It has a lot of weaknesses. Where the meta gets interesting is like it has the exact opposite weaknesses of mono red, and then which are then different from you know Esper, and so you can't beat everything. Mm-hmm. And that's what a healthy meta should look like. Right, you shouldn't be good against everything, no matter what you think or you want. Uh, that's just not how the game works. Uh, you can't beat everything, and I think standard's really cool right now because there's a lot of mm-hmm. different decks. Yeah, um, you know, four or five different decks that I run into frequently, um, and none of them feel like I just can't win the game. The one that feels like I can't win the game is the one nobody plays. So I'm like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the one where I feel like I can't win ever. You're like, I don't know how anyone wins with this. <laughs> when I play it, I'm like, no wonder nobody's playing these, these cards anymore. Um, and you'll watch like Gavin Nassif stream or something. He's like, how do people not play this deck? It's, it's yeah. a free win every game. But I was like, two weeks ago, I was like, absolutely keep running into it. Horrible. I start playing it. Nobody wants it. Am I just like, I just start playing the deck. Nobody wants to play it anymore because of yeah, like, oh, yeah. Zach's on it. Yeah. <laughs> And he sucks at it too. Like, don't keep that hand. Honestly, majority of the time, I feel like recently, because I've been going, I've been having a rough time just in general. <laughs> like everything, <laughs> but like I like it's all my hands. My hands have been horrible, like just <laughs> abysmal. Uh, I should honestly just like keep like <laughs> screenshotting them and putting them on Twitter. The amount of times where it's like, hey, the Discord man, just like. Yeah. Every hand you get, and we'll just it's keep shitty. track of like unplayable yeah, hand. Where it's like, here's a bunch of white and blue cards and a swamp, and then and that's it. And then you mulligan, and it's like the exact opposite. And then you have an Igondro. You're like, fuck, I can't play any of these. I have to go to five like every game. <laughs> but that's just you know, it happens to every Magic yeah. player. Some you just like for whatever reason you hit that stride. I'm in it right now, and not gonna lie, it's not fun. Don't like it, but. <laughs> Uh, that's why we drink beer. <laughs> exactly. When I'm drinking, because if that happens to me when I'm not drinking the beer, I'm like, why do I play this game? It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. And then you just crack open another beer, and you're like, oh, okay, <sighs> it's all good. Okay. It's all yeah. good. It and you're sitting there laughing about how your opponent is literally producing the best draw their deck is capable of. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. See, what happens to me is that I just get really jealous, and then I download their deck list and play it. And then I get bad hands again. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is the worst hand I've ever seen. Yeah. But, it, you know, uh, classically, it's always like you always remember like the bad hands that you have and you don't remember yeah. all the good ones you had. So Yeah, it's worth bringing that up. It's called observation bias. But like your brain is hardwired to notice when things go wrong because you're supposed to learn from that. You change, right? Um, and so we basically we keep a mental tally of all the times we got this horrible hand we got mm-hmm. so unlucky but we don't or we don't automatically keep a mental tally of all the times we actually only won because we got super lucky our mm-hmm. opponents got very unlucky like we drew the perfect hand all of that's just like yep of course that would happen i'm playing this deck for a reason or whatever um there's a reason every magic player thinks that they them in particular are very unlucky and just get worse hands than everyone else so your brains are that's just the way the brain's hardwired so try to remember that when you're frustrated next time probably won a bunch of games that you had no business winning 
your opponent's sitting there like oh, if i just draw that land they're gonna be dead for like four turns in a row they didn't you won like that's not the other part of it you don't have perfect information you don't know that your opponent was sitting there with a card that just destroys you but they can't draw the right land for it and so they're mm -hmm. playing whatever mediocre crap they have like the stuff that happens to you you don't always have visibility from that for the other side so uh, i promise you you are not more unlucky than any other player um just roll with the punches man yeah that's right um i think that's actually a really great time to take a beer break jeff what do you think yeah all right um yeah, so let's uh, let's finish these and we'll get on to the next one. This beer break is brought to you by our patrons over on Patreon. That's right. You're already supporting the show just by being a listener. But if you want to support the show even more, our Patreon is the best way to do that. Plus, you get to vote on your favorite co-host by clicking. There should just be one button by now, right? We've talked about this so many times. There should be a big buy Jeff a beer button. I think we've eliminated the other one due to a lack of use. So um, just go click that button and vote for your <laughs> this favorite. Is so co-host. not true at all. Jeff just said because no one's ever picked his button. So uh, you should honestly just go to Patreon.com/slash Arena Regulars to to vote for Jeff because he feels so lonely that no one thinks that he's the best host. <laughs> Or you could just sympathize with me. I will take crying face emojis as well. Best place to send those is on our Discord channel. Link for that should be in the show notes. That's right. All right. <laughs> Sorry for dragging you through the mud. Oh, that was well, fun, I deserved it. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Uh, anyway, Jeff, I have a beer for us this evening. It is this Oaked Pilsner. Ooh from Bench Brewing Company. It's a 5%. The can has oak uh, grains on it, and you can actually feel them. I know, you can feel them. It's like, you yeah, know, it's a sensory aspect. Of that yeah, too. it's really nice. I like that. Um, so obviously, this is a, a Pilsner with oak qualities. Um, it is uh, using oak chips, so this is not like um, barrel aged or anything like that, which is something that you might think if you see like wood grain or something on a beer um so it is in fact just using the chips which you know debatable whether people prefer chips over barrels but they essentially do the same thing um great let's crack this open uh ah, i don't have fingernails and this is one of those cans where the oh, yeah, it's very close to the... <laughs> the top um this will be interesting because i've Often, you know, I haven't really seen a lot of beers that play with um, barrels for styles like this. A lot of times you see like um, part of the idea is to um, add your imperial stout to like bourbon barrels. So you get some of the bourbon flavor into there, bring the ABV up, things like that. Um, yeah. You'll see quite often. Uh, you don't often see that they're just trying to add like oaky wood flavor uh to different things so this will be yeah. interesting i'm yeah it's a good point because like usually you do it in a barrel so you would age it you would age it in a barrel and you'd only do that with a beer that benefits from aging mm -hmm. like a stout a pilsner doesn't benefit from aging it mm -mm. just is less fresh yeah uh, and oak chips are like a solution for that because you don't need they're really concentrated. You don't need to like 
the oak chips to sit there for a year to yeah <laughs> that would probably be a bit much yeah yeah usually the um when you're aging something like the chips uh work faster than a barrel does because there's more surface area and they can go all around in, inside the the space and you can agitate it if you'd like um where the the barrels are more traditional but uh don't do the exact yeah. same thing um so this is very exciting you don't often get to see things like this so we'll see if it's uh, worth it or not it could also be terrible who knows possible very possible um anyway jeff we are talking about something we have talked about in the past but we're kind of getting an update on it which yeah. i'm excited because we don't often do this on the show so it's really exciting that we get to have this opportunity since our summer this year will be a little bit different than other years um since we're not necessarily focusing on the the set the quote-unquote premiere set that is coming out um we get to do a little bit of a deeper dive into formats which we've basically chosen standards so this is kind of our summer of standard it's the beginning of it or i guess we're actually in the middle of well technically is it summer yet i what's the date that is it tomorrow the 21st it's is tomorrow the, yeah. yeah so basically we're starting our summer of standard right summer now summer of standard yeah yeah and this is a bit of an experiment we're doing we're going to do a bit of a deep dive on a deck that we talked about before but um you know we're going to just talk about everything in a lot more detail uh so please go ahead and let us know if you like this if you hate it you know any feedback is positive feedback so uh just want to hear what you think that being said um i'm going to post the deck list we are talking about in the discord channel so mm -hmm. if you want to like listen and you're at your computer you want to follow along just have a deck list to reference you can find it there or if you're listening to this on the go you're interested later get home go check our discord channel i'll post the deck i mean yeah. i've already posted it there and i've just updated the list but i'll post it again um but that is our my black white phyrexians deck yay i i love this deck i actually haven't played anything else i've just been playing this i i don't know if i should do this but i'm gonna commit what is it the 20th i'm gonna commit on air i start of this month i was what's the lowest possible rank bronze four mm -hmm. so i had i had no no nothing because i hadn't played ranked in a long time I've played nothing but this deck, and I think I am diamond three at the moment. I'm going to commit now that I'm going to I'm going to ride this to mythic. This season, I will take this deck from literally zero to mythic, and I will play no other deck because I don't think I've ever even gone bronze to mythic in one season. I like maybe I have. That is interesting. I'm not totally sure though um because usually you know, i must have back in the back like a long time ago when i played yeah. a bit more but certainly not with the same deck like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no question i've never done it with the same deck um and it's like debatable like i've only done it a few times if i've done it because i was just so rarely bronze mm -hmm. right like you would you'd be in gold or silver or sorry gold or platinum after mm -hmm. the month the change. reset yeah um yeah, so, you know, hopefully I can make it. I have, whatever, the last third of the month left, but it's looking good. Um, 
I was actually even higher. And then last night I went on a bit of a losing streak. And uh, oh, I rubbed off on you, did I? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think mad the the mad times didn't help either, but mm. uh, my decision making was slightly compromised. But uh, yeah, it was. This deck has been super fun. I've just been iterating and iterating, and the deck looks completely different than when I started. So super excited to talk about it in a little more of like a structured detail than I have in the past. Mm -hmm. So the first thing, Zach, the first thing I want to talk about is why would you play this deck? And perhaps even more importantly, why would you not want to play this deck? So big problem in arena is wild cards, right? So Mm -hmm. I don't want to just talk about this deck as the best thing ever. And then you craft it, you hate it. This deck isn't for everyone. It's a magic deck. No, there's no magic deck that everyone loves. And so I want to talk a little bit about, hey, if this is who you are, maybe it's worth crafting and having some fun with it. Or if th- And then if this is who you are, don't use all your wild cards because you're not going to love it. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that yeah. this is something we should definitely pick up on and do more of because I like this. I like this. Yeah, yeah. So... What, why would you love this deck? I think there are a few things. Um, first off, this is an off-meta deck, right? Like, I don't want to say that, like, I, I didn't invent this, but I think you'll, you won't find my exact list anywhere. Um, this was kind of, they, they gave it to us, right? Phyrexian mm-hmm. Tribal is a thing. Everyone has their own take on it. But very few people actually playing it. I've never actually run into anyone else on the ladder mm-hmm. on this deck. So it's, it is off meta. So if you enjoy playing off meta decks, which I definitely do, then that's a point in favor of this. Um, the other thing is, listen, this is a tribal deck. If you like tribal, this is a deck for you. Like it's worth considering. Um, this is a tribal deck that I think its main strength is it's a little less linear than tribal mm-hmm. decks usually are. Usually tribal is slap my creatures onto the battlefield if they have a sweeper i lose if they don't i win because my scaling is just so ridiculous Mm -hmm. this deck doesn't do that it doesn't fold to sweepers but it also doesn't just explode and win on turn three if they don't have one but other than that it still is a tribal deck it plays like a tribal deck and so if you love tribal decks you know like and you love you know actually um like the old school lords thing, this deck is one of the best lords ever. Like, then you're gonna like this. It's creatures. It's they all have the same type. You know what that means. And the last thing I'll say is, if you like customization, I think that's one of this deck's biggest strengths. Is there's a few core cards, but there's like three or four different directions you could take this, and even beyond that, you could take my list and cut like you know, a bunch of one-ofs you don't like and replace them with your own favorite pet cards as long as they're Phyrexians. So, mm-hmm. um, like, if you really like to take a deck that you know is going to be functional and then kind of make it your own, this is a great deck to do that with because there are so many Phyrexians that are totally playable and, like, good in different circumstances. And so uh, this deck really lends... Like, for a tribal deck, that's kind of unheard of, that a deck just has so many options that you don't know how to build it. Like generally tribal decks are, you're kind of stretching for playables at a certain point. And at the very least, 
your game plan's always the same. This is that. In, in so, standard specifically, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you want to go back to like legacy elves, mm -hmm. sure, there are a lot of elves, but even then, like there are there are just the best ones, and you should mm -hmm. just play the best ones. This deck, there, re I really do feel like you can build this different ways, and you can make different choices, and I think that's super cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, what? Why wouldn't you play this deck? When you, when are you not going to like it? Um, first one is this is you, there's a few different ways to build it. I don't think any of them involve you not being an aggro deck. So if you don't like aggro, you're probably not going to like this deck. Most of the format, your strategy is to get under them. Obviously, you're not quite as fast as Moth Red, so that's a specific matchup we'll talk about later. But like, you're an aggro deck. Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't like aggro, don't don't play this. Um, the other reason not to play it is. It's not tier one. This is not a tier one deck. It's not the strongest deck in the format. Um, I think it's strong enough to play and mm -hmm. like play seriously and like at high, you know, high levels for arena. Um, but if you want something that just kind of wins games for you, uh, I didn't say that's the biggest thing. This deck doesn't really just win games for you like some of the other decks do. Um, so you know, be wary of that. And uh, I think those are like the main downsides. Um, yeah. The other one, I guess, would be like, there is a bit of a learning curve uh, that's sort of um, related to my second point, but it's not mm -hmm. exactly the same. You'll probably lose a lot when you first start playing this deck. Um, Which, because... to be fair, that happens with most decks, so that's... Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, anytime you pick up a new deck, you don't know all the lines, you don't know the intricacies of it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, anytime you pick up a, a new deck, there is there is a learning curve. Yeah. And this deck is no exception. Like, I think this ties into my, the strengths I had of it's a tribal deck, but it's not just dump your hand and pray. That means that Sometimes you're going to lose some games because you mm -hmm. didn't do the right thing. Um, and there's some like surprisingly like sneaky lines. It's usually correct to like chump block with your lord, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, which doesn't. Yeah, I would say this is probably one of the only tribal decks ever where it's <laughs> so often correct to chump block with your lord. But this one is special because he he comes back and actually gets a bonus for coming back. So. Um, yeah, there's some some interesting stuff going on. Um, so there we go. That's my intro. I don't know. You've played the deck a little. Is there mm -hmm. anything I missed? Is there anything that you're like, ooh, I hated this part or loved this part? No, I think you covered it pretty well. Like, um, as a player that likes playing aggro decks, uh, this is definitely great for that. Um, and I also, like, I had played a an earlier version of the deck. And uh, immediately changed a couple cards that, like, I know you had mentioned when you posted it that you were like, oh, maybe these are cards that I kind of like, but you could take those out. And I was like, yep, gone, gone, gone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I had these ones. I hate this. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, which is also, it's, it's, it's nice, you know, getting decks from just websites on the internet is one thing because like, great, they're stock lists, they're awesome. I do it all the time, I really like it. 
but it is really nice when someone can give you a list and be like, these are the cards I'm not sure about. Uh, pick different cards if you want, because then I know which ones to take out. If you get yeah. lists online, a lot of times you don't exactly know why certain cards were put in the deck or you can't ask people. And so you don't, you have to kind of figure it out and be like, oh, is this why that card's in the deck? Okay, I don't actually think that I need this in the deck because that's not really a problem. Um, right, or that's not been my experience. So I'm not mm -hmm. worried about that. Exactly. Like, yeah, that's a great point. And another shout out to our Discord channel because, mm -hmm. you know, any any lists that we post there, you can just say, hey, why are you playing this weird card? And yeah. sometimes the answer will be because I like that card and yeah, I know it's true. bad. That's also a valid uh, reason to play a card. So, yeah. I, and I know that in a week this card won't be in my deck, but it's in there now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, I think, and that that sets us off on the right track to just start talking about this deck. Mm -hmm. I want to reiterate: this is an aggro deck, and I would say the biggest change. If you listen to me talk about this deck two weeks ago, I think what I talked about two weeks ago was. It started out as, uh, or two episodes ago, mm -hmm. it started out as a sacrifice deck. I realized that wasn't the way to go, and I played it more as a tribal deck. The That's still true. The um, I would say it's evolved even further to a point where what I'm playing now is like black-white toxic. Mm -hmm. I win with toxic most of the time now, like poison counters. I realized that's kind of the strength of this deck. I was like winning games when I had the turn one toxic creature, turn two Skrelf's Hive starts. Those were kind of my my quote unquote close, closest thing I had to free wins. Mm -hmm. And the <clears throat> games where I had a bunch of like Elasio cores and stuff, those are the games I tended to, to not be able to get there. Mm -hmm. And so I did... I did a very shocking thing and cut a couple of copies of Elas from my deck. And uh, I haven't looked back now. So I like to think of this deck as I'm playing Black White Toxic. And so if you're going to do that, I think the first question you have to answer is why aren't you playing Green White Toxic? Mm -hmm. And I think there are legitimate answers to that. And the most important one is the Lord. Um, like the most important card and best card in this deck is Grafted Butcher. Grafted Butcher is an outrageous card. It provides, like, if you just have a bunch of stupid mites, this card just often wins because mm -hmm. your mites all get menace, and that matters a lot. But there's so many, like, small things, like, you know what's really good with Jawbone Duelist? Grafted Butcher, giving it plus one, plus one, and menace to your double-striking toxic creature. That's very, very good. Um, the other huge one that black gets over green is Gix. I was so just Gix, about to say that because yeah. you were talking about Jawbone Duelist and I was like, well, Gix is really good with Jawbone Duelist. And I he love is. that. Yeah. You know what else Gix is awesome with is Grafted Butcher. When you give your creatures menace and they all have a curiosity effect, mm -hmm. You actually draw cards, whereas you, usually with this type of thing, you don't actually draw any cards off it because they block. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm kind of like slowly have evolved to this position where like this is the better toxic deck, at least for the current metagame than green white. I think it's not quite as like explosively fast as green white can be, but it's better at holding its own and winning in the late game, mm -hmm. um, like getting in some early toxic and then winning in the late game, which green white 
that was kind of its problem. It could get you to like seven, uh, but without its kind of combo finish, uh, mm -hmm. it, it had a hard time getting there. Whereas this deck, the most often, or the most common play pattern is you get them to like seven and then you just sit there and then eventually you're just like, well, it's wait, it's wait for butcher time. And I'm just mm -hmm. like, do, 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 do. and butcher. There you go. Um, yeah. yeah. So this, what we have here is, is black, white toxic folks. And yeah. it's so fun. It's so well, cause the other, the, the last time we talked about this, you weren't really playing Skrelv, right? Yeah. So Skrelv was bad in several mm -hmm. iterations of the deck, but I know that Skrelv's amazing. I know it's a Phyrexian and I wanted one drop. So that's, that was kind of the impetus of moving more onto the toxic theme originally was mm -hmm. like, maybe I'm not thinking about this right. Maybe, maybe it's not that Skrelv is bad in my deck. Maybe I should change my deck to make Skrelv good in it rather mm -hmm. than say, oh, Skrelv's not good in my deck. I'll cut it. Uh, and that's yeah. what kind of moved us in this direction. I still don't like four because I just hate drawing multiple copies of it. Yeah. Um, but I do have two scrubs in there now. Um, and it, again, it just synergizes with like everything. Um, mm -hmm. And giving your like Gix, like it synergizes with Gix because giving something unblockable mm -hmm. now draws you the card. Um, and that's, I think I was playing Skrull in this deck. My, my experience with Skrelv was always like, it sits back and protects everything and there's nothing you can do about it. In this deck, Skrelv just literally almost always taps out on your turn mm -hmm. to make something not be able to be blocked. Which is a lot of the reason I like Skrelv. Like, I like the mm -hmm. protection part. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, I love those things. But yeah, but knowing that like at any moment I could like kill them because they didn't have enough variety of creatures. Like... um in any deck that's blocking that's like monocolored or like happens to have a bunch of like creatures that share the same color you're just like sick this is the best um so i think i think that audition and i love this new toxic direction which by the way this is the first time i've seen this deck list as we're like really yeah. looking at it and i've been learning. purposely not trying to tell you because i know i want yeah. you to get excited like on because i am <laughs> I am pretty excited because looking through the list, seeing Jawbone Duelist, which I know is a card that you've kind of poo-pooed at me before because I liked it for other reasons that were more like, you know, if I was playing like turn one, um, the Shepherd, uh, a Rot Priest, uh, turn right. two, Duelist into playing like Homestead Courage, which is like a good way to like poison somebody out really quickly. Um, that is not the the poison deck that or the toxic deck that you like and i can understand that uh it's the type of stuff that i liked but seeing all the weaknesses of the the razor verge thicket version um be kind of mitigated with the the strengths in this one now where like you do have other game plans and continuing to be like because your opponent doesn't necessarily know how they're going to die. And I think that's really important for these types of decks because like continuing having to play the guessing game of like, am I supposed to care about this or care about this? I don't know, um, is super important. And that is an aspect of toxic I have used before, but all my creatures had toxic. So like it was fairly obvious what I was trying to do. 
um, and sometimes you kill them with damage, but most of the time it's it's poison. While this is like can get super confusing because it's like, well, you have a bunch of like little mites and stuff, and you can give them menace, but like also you were playing things like Shieldred and Elishnorn, and those don't directly go into your like whole game plan. Like Shieldred specifically, like cares about life totals, which Toxic specifically doesn't care about life totals. So like yeah like that gets confusing like am i supposed to kill the children or do i not kill the children because you're trying to poison me out like it's so funny know. that you brought that up because literally the other day i had an opponent like tank for a while and i had a shielded and a mite in play mm-hmm. but they were at like eight poison and they, they go for the throated or not go for the throat they um was it um oh what is that removal spell yeah, hold on, let me look at this up. But um they targeted the might <laughs> and then uh they lost to the shielded. <laughs> yeah. It was which... like you were gonna lose to the might faster. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean I don't necessarily blame you, but it has a bit of that rogues feel mm-hmm. um where it's like I you get rewarded for understanding if the game is about poison or life faster than your opponent mm-hmm. does. Yeah. Um, and it's generally like poisons your plan A, but you have a very viable kill plan. them through life totals, plan mm-hmm. B. Um, the Shieldred yeah. is there, by the way, mainly as a nod to Mono Red. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very difficult card for Mono Red to beat. Um, but and there's, so there's only a that's single part copy. of the like, yeah, that's part of the like, you have a bunch of one ofs and you can tailor them to what you happen to be running mm-hmm. into a lot. Um, so the shielder doesn't necessarily synergize with the deck that much, but it's a Phyrexian and it's a strong card. It's really good in the meta right now, I think. So Yeah, I also don't think it doesn't inherently synergize with the deck because having Shieldred and Geeks out is super awesome because you're drawing a bunch of cards. This is something that Esper Legends does as well with Geeks and Shieldred, is that when you're drawing the cards off of Geeks, you're like paying life, but also gaining life from the card draw. So you essentially gain one life per card instead of two um which makes because sometimes you get in a situation where you need to draw a bunch of cards but you're gonna die and so having a shield out or something mitigates that um which is obviously super helpful the same time though like i could see people cutting shoot like that would be one of the cards you could swap out if you had a pet card that you prefer or think that is really good in the meta children is not an untouchable card. Like in a lot of decks we've seen in the past in standard, it was untouchable. You have to mm-hmm. play Shieldred. In this deck, I don't think it is. It is good. It's a good Phyrexian. Um, that's sort. Of, it's expensive though. Like the deck doesn't necessarily always have four mana lying mm-hmm. around. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's definitely a card that I cut for another card. Um, <laughs> to test out and play with a little bit. So I want to hear your take on this. Um, mm-hmm. There's another four mana Phyrexian creature we did not discuss last time uh, that I think we should. I want to hear your take on on this card, um, which is the Archfiend of the Dross. So it's the yeah. same mana cost as Shieldred. It's a 6-6 six, six flyer. Um, and also it 
punishes your opponent for losing creatures. It makes them pay two life for each creature that dies. Also, yeah. uh, you have like four turns or, or you lose the game. But Side note. Side note. Um, it comes in with oil counters. You lose oil counters at the beginning of your upkeep. If they are able to chump it every turn and not die, you or they gain a bunch of life somehow, um, you could be in a situation where you lose the game. Um, right. Have you tried this card? What do you think of this card? I have tried it. Um, I think... I think generally my opinion is the card just isn't quite good enough like so you know we've talked about stuff like how i love elish norn because you slap it and it makes blocks awkward mm -hmm. this card doesn't really do that because what elish norn lets me do is chump attack what this card makes trading awkward mm -hmm. and it's not the same thing like elish norn lets me convert mites into two damage each which is it puts them in a damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario. This card just lets them block the mites. Like, okay, mm -hmm. okay, well. So it in general in this deck, it doesn't do anything the turn it's played. And so I went into the whole I just paid four mana for something, you have go for the throat. My mm -hmm. card did nothing and you're up two mana. Um with Elish Norn, like generally I just play it when they're tapped out and I attack with a bunch of stuff normally I wouldn't get to attack with, and their their blocks are super awkward. So like Elishorn's the closest thing to that in the deck of just big spell that doesn't. Uh, sorry, I'm comparing it to Elishorn because that's the slot it's kind of vying Fair. for. You mentioned yeah. Shieldred as well, but we're talking four mana creatures that are are weak to removal in the sense that you know they if they die they usually trade down in mana. The other thing is Elishorn generally wins the game faster. It just is like, I play Elish Norn, you have like two turns because mm -hmm. next turn I'm going to just make an entire army um, and you've functionally lost the game. So you have to kill it now. Whereas this card is like, you have three turns sort of to kill it. And in my particular build, you know, we're a little more on poison. Um, and so sometimes your opponent has a pretty high life total, but five poison counters or whatever. And they're not that worried about a six-six flyer, like especially you know like against domain control and stuff. Like any deck that just happens mm -hmm. to gain some life, you're often sitting there. It's like, well, you're at twenty. <laughs> this this card is going to kill me faster than it's going to kill you. Mm -hmm. So I think there are versions of this deck where you're more interested in this card. I think if I was more heavy on a sacrifice theme, and I felt confident that if I was coming up to coming up to the deadline, I could just sack this and not lose the game. Mm -hmm. I'd be more interested in that, like if I was playing uh, Village Rights. But uh, in or my... Corrupted, whatever. Um... Oh, yeah. Cor <laughs> I actually literally forgot that it was not called Village Rights. Uh, yeah. corrupt corrupted Conviction? Yeah, Corrupted Conviction, yeah. Yeah, if you're playing that, I'm, a, I'm so much more interested because I have an exit strategy. Um, as the car as it stands in this deck, I I did try it. I'm just not convinced that the uh, the payoff is worth the worth the cost. Right, that um, makes sense. I think something like Elish Norn is just so much more powerful, mm -hmm. um, and Shieldred's just better against 
it, it does a similar thing if you're if you're interested in like a big blocker mm -hmm. like shieldred kind of does that so i haven't run into the situation where i'm interested in a big flying blocker um the only deck i'm i would care about that is i guess esper legends mm -hmm. but esper legends just has so many ways to just kill this um or at least bounce it or like I don't know. I just feel like if I play this against Esper Legends, it just eats a go for the throat, and then they don't, they can continue on with their day. Or even an Ottawara, and I have to recast it next turn. Like it feels like they're spending one or two mana, or they have a Screlf, and I just can't block with it. Like it just feels like there's so many ways for them to not care about this. Mm -hmm. um, that uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what deck I want this against. I guess. Gotcha. That uh, that makes sense. I I definitely get that. I had put it in the deck and had enjoyed it for the most part when I was playing it. This was also in the older version where we weren't. It's doing definitely it. not bad, game. right? I like it's not it's not a bad card. Um, and if that happens to be your pet card for this deck, I think definitely sure. try it out. That's um, the strength of this deck, right? Like mm -hmm. there are open slots. So if you think uh, Elishorn's not as good as I think it is, and you think that card. Uh, is better than I think it is. And swap, 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 do it up. Um, but <laughs> I, I am totally on this like this toxic train, um, because like seeing that you added more charge of the mites, which there's four copies of now, which you know I originally was kind of low on, but have come around and a very high on now. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Four. I was like, okay, how do we get the fourth charge of the mites in here? Mm. Like, that was like priority number one after I won oh, so many games with Charge of the Knights, especially with a ton. Like, there's a lot of uh, control out there now. Like, mm -hmm. they're relying on Sunfall to beat you. And it's like, Sunfall me, but just so you know, I'm going to have two toxic attackers next turn. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm not just going to play stuff into your Sunfall. It's pretty obvious you're going to, like, mm -hmm. you either Sunfall me or you lose. So, yeah. Hold up Charge of the Knights and. Um, Mirax is another thing that really shines in that kind of situation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so the the Celestia version uh, can kind of holds its own on Charge of the Mites and Mirax against specifically that matchup where they're planning to control the board and wipe everything. Um, but your deck does have the addition of all the Grafted Butchers to give you an extra little edge against that. Yeah. Um, Plus any other situations, if Eless Core helps you kill them, that's that's helpful. I'm just thinking of all the situations where this version is better in those matchups against the the Celestine one, and that's the biggest thing. Like, like you've said before, if you're just going straight toxic and hit them at get them to seven, and you get your board wiped, you're just hoping your Skrelf's Hive survives so that maybe you can build a big enough board. Um, in this situation, you have a much more realistic way of, even if you, even if that's the situation, you're in the same place where like, you just have a Skrelf's Hive and nothing else and you're top decking, top decking a Grafted Butcher is so much better than any other card you could top deck in Celestia to get the game yeah. over with. Um, like I often compare it to the, the Celestia Lord, quote unquote, mm -hmm. which like gives your creatures plus one, plus one. When they attack? When they attack, the slaughter, yeah. And like, how much better is slaughter Singer Butcher than this thing? Like, so much better. I, for yeah. a long time, wasn't playing Slaughter Singer just because I didn't like it. Because like, it just didn't do... It's a weird card, right? Because you're trying to toxic them out and then it buffs their power. 
which is just a way to like basically the idea behind it is that like it helps your mites trade for stuff right um which grafted or uh, uh the uh, yeah grafted butcher does while does also anyways. giving it menace um yeah. so I think and then it just, comes back from the graveyard it just feels yeah. like it's several levels better it um, just grafted butcher loves mites more than slaughter singer does like exactly, Grafted butcher yeah. wants to be around mites all the time because every part of the card cares about little stupid and like everything that's toxic is thyroxian i think so it's literally just like better Mm -hmm. Um, so that is i mean like i'm mad about this like i know that you wanted to see me be excited i'm kind of frustrated because (laughs) i'm the one who plays toxic and you're the one who builds a sweet deck dude i'm winning with toxic all the time yeah also this is really important to note i think and it has nothing to do with your deck but recently arena has changed how you lose if you get toxic out if you noticed did you notice the animation is no, different so i mean usually um, my opponents concede before i actually get 10 points all right so points. originally when you did it you toxic them out everything was normal they got the toxic and then their thing they explodes yeah now when you hit them there there's like the poison thing comes around it goes into them and then it blows their thing up into like this black skull and everything oh. kind of sprays around so i just wanted to point that out because it was fairly obvious over a couple updates that like there and people have been talking about this for a long time that like card animations in arena haven't been up to snuff like they just kind of stopped like the last yeah. one i remember is like coma and then nothing after that um that's true actually yeah, yeah. so I just wanted to say, just give a little shout out to be like, hey, I noticed you changed this thing for Toxic. It was like two sets later than it should have been, but I'm really happy you did. Thank you for continuing to work on that stuff. Uh, and, you know, I don't know, there's no Arena devs listening to this podcast, but like that is a positive <laughs> thing that I noticed. At Arena yeah, I love that. That changed. Love so, that. so good to point out. Um, Jeff. I do want to talk specifically about your deck now as we're coming back and about the sideboard. So mm-hmm. we haven't talked about it yet. Um, I know Invasion of Gobicon's in there because that's a great card. We all love that. You got your classic cut downs, your duress, your destroy evils. We all know those things. However, yeah. there is a card in your sideboard that I have a I have a memory of you shit talking a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And I I yeah. know I think I know why you're playing it, but I want you to explain it. So um, you had told us two weeks ago, I think, or maybe th- it was three before that, but like that Phyrexian Sensor is not a standard card. This isn't a card you should play yeah. in standard. People are trying. It's not good. You shouldn't play it. What changed your mind? Uh, I, I was even thinking like of going to three on this in the sideboard. But, oh, yeah. Um, this card is for mono red. Mm-hmm. It is very, very good against mono red. Like, basically, the best they can do is lightning strike this and then play whatever they wanted to play, which a lot of the times, like a swift spear, and they would have really preferred to do that in the other order. So, like, at the very least, it kind of makes them, makes things a little awkward for them. Um, but generally, like, this comes down, I think lightning strikes their only spell. 
that can mm -hmm. take it out. Oh, they have a lot of two damage staff, but the, they have a hard time killing a 3-3 three, three with just one spell because they can't cast two. Remember, they can't mm -hmm. double shock this. Um, and then all of their creatures have haste, and this thwarts that as well. This something just clicked with me. I was playing against mono red a lot, and I was like, man, the haste, the haste just gets them there. And I was like, oh, isn't there that card that I said was awful, but it's like anti-haste? Like, yeah, we gotta try that. And then this is this card's a bit of an all-star against mono red. So you know, I was saying like I made some choices here that are for mono red because I've been playing against it a lot. Shieldred main deck is one of them. Two of these cards in the sideboard is another one. Uh, you'll also see Phyrexian Flesh Gorger made its way into the sideboard here. I tried that card in the main deck at one point. Didn't love it, but I do acknowledge just having like a, a three power lifelinker against mono red is good. But that, that's the card that maybe should even be another sensor because I'm finding I don't actually bring it in against anything else. Um, yeah, this card's a bit of an all-star against mono red. Mm -hmm. that's i just i like to hear when you when you can eat your words a little bit so that's, that's yeah what that was about um <laughs> so just just remember that we need the clip of jeff saying that it wasn't a standard card it's not for standard don't play it and then now yeah. uh, it's perfect yeah. i know when i put this in my sideboard i was like i almost hope that this sucks when I side it in, just so I won't have to like admit that, uh, <laughs> that this card was good. But then it was so good, and I was like, ah, I know, I know, I don't know when, but I know this is gonna come back. To yeah, me. it's it's also just so funny because like the card in my mind too is just a three mana three three that says you can't cast more than one non Phyrexian spell, right. and that's all it says yeah. in my mind. It's really the anti-haste clause mm -hmm. that makes it good. Um, and it's and like I said, like literally only a lightning strike gets this. They have mm -hmm. they have invasion of Tarkir, they have their uh whatever the weirdo shock variant is, I can't remember it. Play with fire. Uh, play with fire, yeah. It just can't deal with this. Mm -hmm. um, so they really just need to have lightning strike, which hey, anytime a lightning strike doesn't go to your face, I think you're pretty happy. Very happy. Um, yeah, I guess they could, yeah, <laughs> figure out a way to flip enough invasion of Targear stuff, but then they just kill you, so it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, if they're flipping a bunch of it, like, I'm dead anyways, whatever. Yeah. Um, no, that's awesome. I, and see, this is the type of card that I love to see being able to make it, especially yeah. for, like, this feels like secret tech, you know, even though I'm it sure it's kind of have that vibe, right? Yeah. I'm sure other people have noticed this card, like not oh, even I'm in sure. a Phyrexian deck. They've probably mm -hmm. signed this in against Mono Red. Uh, but it's particularly, it, it's like particularly nice here when you're like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, this, this like draft card is uh, surprisingly good out of my sideboard. Yeah. It's also, it's similar to like literally the card I was talking about where like Mono Red was signing it in that's like players can't gain life. It's exactly the kind of stupid, like, oh, yeah. I'm mad that you have this, but. That was a good card to have in your sideboard, and you thought about this matchup, and this is you know that this is your a bad one for you. So it make it feels good that someone committed sideboard slots to your deck when you're playing against them. Yeah, um, great. So I like this uh, this whole thing, and this build feels feels nice. So I am excited to now get back out there and retry this deck with the new updated version. 
Um, cause yeah. I'm sure that every time I take it and start tweaking it, it gets worse. <laughs> so, um, it's nice when you can continue to, to, to give me the good, the good version. Probably not true, but, uh, yeah. the, um, it's a good time to talk about mono red. What do you do against mono red? Same thing you always do. So you side in cards that gain life or the mm -hmm. sensor, um, annex sentry. It's also quite good. They have a tough time dealing with four toughness. Uh, Wandering Emperor, I tend to just says gain life on it. And then you want cut downs, mm -hmm. and you want to take out all of your kind of slow stuff. So I leave Shieldred in there. As I said, it's in there four mono red, um, but uh, you don't really want like it, it's kind of interesting. You don't really want Skrelv's Hive, especially mm -hmm. on the draw, even though Skrelv's Hive has the word life link on it. It tends to like lose you more like the games when you get you really get there you probably could have won anyways and like especially if you didn't lose three or four life to this thing uh, and then sometimes you'll just draw like two squirrel hives and you're on the draw against mono and you're like well i can't i can't win so this is my question do you take all of them out or do you leave one on the draw absolutely all of them are coming out mm -hmm. on the play I've been sort of waffling. I think I just like taking them out. Like, I think Mono Red's a pretty good matchup. Mm -hmm. You don't need to leave liabilities in your deck that give them a way to win. Um, because see. you're pretty fast and mm -hmm. have a lot of incidental life gain stuff. Like, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think you need this. Similarly, like, take out Gix. Just take out stuff that says you lose life. Don't, mm -hmm. don't help them. Um, you, you, you're not fighting like the card advantage battle here where Skrelv's Hive is going to make you multiple creatures or Gix mm -hmm. is going to draw you multiple cards. You don't need that. Like, So take that stuff out um, and re just replace it uh, with some of these cards that are absolute all-stars against Mono Red. Mm -hmm. You can even take out um, Skrelv too. Like, you don't need Skrelv. Uh, mm -hmm. You, you don't like basically you don't want to be paying two life to protect something from a lightning strike or whatever anyways so you have a lot of like bad cards and that's why there are so many cards in the sideboard to come in uh, mm -hmm. but i think this is really strong with this version it's a really strong matchup because um, we're almost as fast as them but we're also sort of proactively thwarting their game plan with life game yeah interesting because like when i've played toxic uh in the celestia version i would always keep at least one scrub hive in but that's because i didn't have other incidental ways to gain life and yeah. being able to have them like attack all into me and be able to survive for another turn and slam a scrub hive when they're already corrupted to gain a bunch of life i've had so many people scoop as i play that card um it's just yeah been really good but knowing that you have to take a bunch of them out because multiples are horrible like you only like yeah one, only want lifelink and i could see leaving one in here um but I, i'm not sure we need to i think mm -hmm. we can just beat them yeah without that sort of big hoping for the big swing uh especially with the fire accident sensor mm -hmm. um I wonder uh, yeah. if just like regular or the Celestia Toxic should just play Fire Extinct Sensor 2. Um, 
probably against mono red yeah i think that's just a good good idea but not that i am going to go back to playing razor verge thicket no 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 this hasn't made me excited to try that no 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 no. i'm (laughs) definitely wanting to play this deck um yeah yeah this looks great i love it and i love that archangel elspeth's still in here especially it's been uh, so good for me man like i keep wanting to cut it but it's just so no the fact that you added like jawbone duelist makes elspeth so much better because being able to come down and give it like uh two plus one plus encounters and flying is huge on a jawbone duelist are you kidding so good (laughs) i actually haven't had that happen yet but i'm like waiting for it like someday it's gonna be so good it's gonna be so good i'm gonna go like jawbone duelist and then gix they're gonna play Mm. blockers so i don't feel comfortable attacking and i'm like (laughs) okay uh that'll be so annoying like just obliterate them draw two cards like that's so good i love it yeah and you can still block Uh, with the gix that's so good that sounds like so much fun don't worry that it's like black black into white white don't worry about that part whatever we have uh, we have Mirax, right? That solves all problems. <laughs> no, uh, it doesn't. That makes it harder most of the time. <laughs> no, what it what it means is like you just have to like decide which where what do I, what do I <coughs> sorry, I'm gonna draw Mirax on the turn that I need rainbow mana. It's yeah, gonna be perfect. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um the other matchup I definitely want to talk about is like multicolor control. It's kind of control in general, but definitely the domain deck. Um, this matchup, like I said, you don't want to see the Archangel matchup or version, but that's the mm-hmm. most common version. It's the good one. So yeah, I guess I guess that's the version. So mm-hmm. it kind of sucks for us that we're getting that like incidental hate from mono red. Um, but you really you want to get under them. No surprises here. You're trying to poison them out as quickly as possible, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not that afraid of Call of the Herd or whatever, mm-hmm. because generally what happens in those games is you have a bunch of mites, they have a bunch of 3 threes, and then you draw a butcher, and every mite has to be blocked by two 3 threes, and they have five of them, and like they just can't, they get poisoned out. Um, so you, you actually don't really care that much about that. What you really don't want to see is like when they start taking off. So they play their stomper and then they attack the the battle and flip that into the angel to like kill two things. It's just that those are the games you lose. And so basically um, you're trying to just get... Like the way I play this is basically get them to six, seven, mm-hmm. uh, and poison, poison, and then uh, and then just chill. Like, I guess the games you really lose are to Sunfall. Generally, mm-hmm. um, you're not you're not that concerned about uh, Wandering Emperor. So basically, what happens is you have to find that line where you commit exactly enough. To, to get sunfalled mm-hmm. but don't lose the game to sunfall uh bloated processor helps a lot because you sack everything and then they sunfall and get a one one um but that's basically it like sunfall is is the make or break here generally mm-hmm. i've found you could beat 
you could beat one Sunfall, no problem. Two is is kind of the it's borderline. You can you can beat two, uh, you can't beat three, mm-hmm. and so it's sort of like you'll sometimes beat two, you'll almost always beat one, you'll sometimes beat two, and you'll never beat three. That's just kind of how this matchup goes. Like when you learn exactly what you need to do, which is your you never win this game with damage. I'll, pretty much mm-hmm. never um you win this game with poison so you gotta commit some poison don't keep hands that don't have a one drop mm-hmm. you can't uh you need a one drop what you're looking for is one drop into scrolls hive uh into charge of the mites those are the games you win and then you you don't need more than that that's it like you don't commit more because that's how you lose to sunfall right so it's all just about that balance of um, I'm going to poison you out. Everything I do is with that goal in mind. We throw away the, the deck's versatility and trying to kill you, have multiple options to kill you. No, we kill you with poison. We are trying to kill you by like, we're trying to basically have you essentially dead by turn five, force the sunfall and then charge of the mites, Murex, kind of like limp, mm-hmm. limp over the finish line that way. Um, that being said, post board, we get a lot better. Duress comes in, Invasion of Gobicon comes in, so we get to look at your hand. We get to strip the Sunfall so we can go all in a little more. Uh, and the only card, I'm pretty sure, the only card in their deck that can beat Elishnorn, Mother of Machines, is Sunfall. If you drop Elishnorn, Mother of Machines, nothing in their deck does anything except like they have to get rid of it with Sunfall because their removal spell is all ETB triggers. All of their creatures are good because of the ETB triggers. Mm, Like literally everything is ETB. So Mother of Machines is in the sideboard for this matchup. Uh, It's a little expensive and I've I've considered playing more, but I have lost games where I have four lands and Mother of Machines and I'm just sitting there and they, they just like popping off. And I'm like, oh my God, your cards would do nothing if I just played this. Um, but post board, if you have a mother of machines, your goal is now to make them cast Sunfall and then untap and slap that down, and all of their cards do nothing. Um, I've I've had so many people cast uh, what's the like multicolored enchantment removal? Oh, uh, Aline binding. So many people slap that down, and then Elish Norn goes poof, 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 and like cancels what it does, and then they can see like that. Mm. That's a really common play pattern. Um, seeing it like like every literally everything in their deck is an ETB trigger, and so if you get this on the battlefield and you're confident that they can't remove it with a Sunfall, you're just gonna win because none of their cards do anything. It's really funny. Uh, so that's that's what that's there. That's why that's there. Um, and so that's that's kind of the game plan on the play, all in poison and don't lose to one sunfall. Try not to lose to two, and that's kind of where you're at. Um, but sometimes you just have this this game plan of like duress you, duress you, Elish and Arn. I guess I I guess I win because you can't beat this guard. Um, so th- those games happen too. But that's... I would say generally we're like mildly favored because uh, mm. they're a bit slow. I love that. That's great. 
<laughs> yeah, and I've also seen Elishnorn is in a lot of sideboards for that exact situation yeah. in a lot of other decks that play white. Um, and that's a just a great way of physically explaining it. Um, that, yeah. Like, yeah, they, they can't do anything. Um, Some of the decks, like, I've seen five-color domain decks that play this because it's so good when it doubles all their things. And I think someone played this against me and it doubled everything they did. And I was like, wait a minute. That also means this card is incredible against them mm -hmm. because it nullifies everything they do. And that's what made me put this in my sideboard. <laughs> it like just clicked. Uh, yeah. I was like, I get, I get why this card is in your deck. And I also understand why it should be in my deck. Mm -hmm. Nice. And also I happen to have one copy of this in my collection I was hey like, well, oh, there you i go. get to test this for freezy for free you know like yeah i think uh i think one's also all you really need to like you were saying yeah like you don't really want to be in a situation where you can't cast it so yeah it's a 24 land deck so like mm -hmm. five mana is asking a lot yeah absolutely uh jeff i am going pretty low on my beer um same so Let's move into last call, but I do want to make sure everyone knows like we're going to keep tabs on this deck and we're probably going to like talk about it again at another point. So if you like that, awesome. If you don't like that, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, Next time I talk about it, I'll be like, I have the solution. It's to make this a sacrifice deck. <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes in the circle of like, it's yeah, sacrifice. It's time. aggro with damage. It's aggro with toxic. It's sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that is what I was talking about, how you you can legitimately build this deck in all three ways. You could mm -hmm. make this a sacrifice deck. You can make it aggro with damage. Or you can make it aggro with uh, toxic. Um, and I think the aggro with toxic version is not only the best, but the coolest. So mm -hmm. Oh, I definitely agree with that here. as well. Uh, so I'm super stoked to take this out for a spin. But let's go to last call. Let's talk about these beers and get this uh, this episode wrapped up. So uh, as we go into last call, as always, we rate our beers on a scale from bronze to mythic, just like the tiers in Arena. Uh, this has nothing to do with whatever tier you are in currently. You may be in bronze. You may be on your way to mythic, just like Jeff. But um, it's just a fun way to rate beers. So um, don't feel bad when we say that bronze beers are trash. They are horrible. We uh, We hate them and we've never rated a beer on the show bronze yet so there you go yeah silver beers are we don't hate them they're just not interesting there's nothing going on macro brews will find themselves in this category yeah gold beers are fine but you really won't think about them ever again yeah and platinum these beers are good they're solid <laughs> and you'll drink them again yeah diamond beers are exceptional you really like these you talked about them often and you have them in your fridge all the time yeah, Mythic, these are the best of the best. You recommend these to anyone who will listen. Uh, these are your favorite beers. Yeah, just the greatest ones. All right, Jeff. Um, I think I have my pick uh, for the evening. It's kind of hard. Oh, they're falling over. Sorry. Um, but uh, uh, da, 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 I don't know. I, I guess I, I have my I, pick as well, I guess. I, I guess I have my pick. Um, yep. are you here? We go three, two, one. Wow, oh, interesting. Yeah. I went with the the cream ale, I was very close. I, 
Yeah. Honestly, it was kind of a somewhat arbitrary decision at the end. It's a little bit of a toss-up, yeah. I don't think it super, super matters because they both felt quite similar. Um, let's talk about the cream ale first just because we had it first. Um, sure. I thought it was like it has a nice sweetness to it. Um, mm -hmm. it, it. All the memories of drinking a cream ale before came rushing back. Um, I think in general, just like the what it is, I do like it. Um, but it has like characteristics that are very similar to like ambers and browns where it's kind of like malty and sweet. Um, but that also kind of makes me just want an amber or a brown. And this one's a little bit lighter, but not exactly what I want. This version seems good, but I'm never going to tell anyone to get this. I'm almost going to tell people they shouldn't drink cream ales, but as I'm saying that, I like this one. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll probably be like, try one, maybe, but like it's de it could easily not be for you. Yeah. I, you literally took the words out of my mouth on this. What I was going to say is like, this feels like a lame amber, which is like, yeah. it's doing the same thing where it's multi sweet and not mm. too like in your face as an amber does but just not as well in mm -hmm. my opinion so i was kind of like okay I, I get it i get why people would love this um but for me i'm just i would almost always just drink an amber like a regular amber over this for sure yeah uh yeah i was immediately reminded why i've never drank this again since i tried it so yeah um <laughs> there you go uh Bench, the Oaked Pilsner. Jeff, what do you think about this? Uh, yeah, I was just going to, the cream ale for me was gold. Oh, oh, sorry. We should, we should, if I explicitly said them. that. I was going to rate them at the end. I forgot how we do the show. Yeah, the, the cream amber was gold for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then the fact that this is a toss up probably belies the rating of this one. Mm -hmm. um, this was fine. Like it was, I guess, what it delivered, which is a pilsner with a, a little extra flavor provided by the uh, wood chips. Um, mm -hmm. But that didn't blow my mind. I wasn't like, oh yeah, the uh, the little woodiness I get out of this really does make me love pilsners now. You know, like yeah, I, don't know. I feel still felt like something to be desired here. Yeah, I, I feel like I don't really taste it very much at all. Um, I don't know if it's because like the the creamy or the, like the sweetness from the the cream ale really negated any sort of vanilla flavor I could get from the oak or. or I think I smell it more anything. than I taste it. Yeah. Like just when I go up to drink it, I kind of get a bit of bit of a whiff that reminds me of that. But that's uh, it's it's definitely a light touch. Yeah, I am missing it, but. I don't know if my palate is as sensitive as yours. So um, I'm going to, that's, and also that's the reason why I didn't like it as much because it felt like it was just kind of like a Pilsner and it was just a Pilsner. And they just put a, like, they didn't actually use any oak cubes. Yeah. 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 And it like looks cool and stuff, but like um, some of Bench's stuff, I haven't been super impressed with before. I don't know if that kind of got in my mind as well, but it seems like a Pilsner where they kind of tried something, but ultimately they'd be fine with just, like it's it's a way it feels like they're doing this because they made a pilsner and they're trying to make it exciting, which worked because I definitely bought it. Yeah, I bought but, it. Um, bought it once. Won't be buying it again. Yes. Yeah. So, also um, gold. 
super gold, super, super gold. All right. Well, uh, that is it for this episode. We're going into closing time. So you can always reach us at Arena Regulars on Twitter and Instagram if you want to tell us about different beers, beers that are not gold, oaked beers that you think are good. That would be great. Anything with like woody stuff sounds great, uh, especially if we can taste it. But uh, yeah. I think I can taste it. Now you have me second guessing. Is it like no, just because no, no. I know it? Know it's in there that I'm. No, I mean like if you that. if you taste it, you taste it. It doesn't really necessarily matter if you like seek it or not. That's I think fair. Yeah, ultimately, that's like if you taste it, that's it's just better for you. I don't taste yeah. it, which is worse for me. I wish I tasted it. So um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can also look for us on Arena itself. Our username will be Arena Regulars Podcast. If you want to talk to me personally, you can find me at Zulberg, that is Z-E-U-L-B-E-R-G on Twitter and Instagram. But Jeff, where can they find you? Best places on our Discord. If you want to see the deck lists we're talking about, if you want to leave us any uh, like a review, anything we talked about that you liked or anything you think we really missed, um, this is a place to do it. And that literally just reminded me that uh, one thing I did want to bring up, the reason... You know, I, I like to I liked to talk about why black white toxic was better than green white. Okay. There is a reason that green white is better than black white, and that is the lands. So the black white land, oh. so fucking annoying because you always have a hand with the stupid fucking tapped dual land. And it's funny because we were talking about Razor Ridge Thicket in this <laughs> podcast and making fun of it. And I'm like, man, if we had the fucking fast land for black white. This would be no contest, but yes, for this deck, the the fast land would be so much better than the slow land. Oh, yes, that is <laughs> hilarious. How did it take yeah. us to the the closing? Yeah, time? I was like, well, I should say this before somebody leaves it on their Discord. That's but, and uh, like, hey, did you? I listen? had it in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you listen to the whole episode? Because in the last yeah. thirty seconds, we took it. <laughs> yeah, we vindicated. <laughs> Oh my God, that's so funny. Um, anyway, if you want to leave us a comment or a review, please go to iTunes and Spotify. I hate how you guys leave crucial information in the last five seconds of the podcast. <laughs> go to YouTube, find us there, leave us a comment, talk about what just happened. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> I have nothing to say. That was great. I love all of that. <laughs> This has been the Arena Regulars. Reminding you that fast lands are better than slow lands in aggro decks. <laughs> Good night. All right, that's fine.